it's the hero's path that's it that's the start of the podcast we're doing the hero's path we're going all the way around the game and this time we did the east side of the snow mountain zone that's right and here's our host to tell you all about it it's zach thanks ryan uh who i guess is the band leader is that how that works no no, because there's an announcer, and then there's the host, and then the band leader is someone else entirely. Okay. I guess Jason would be our band leader. Ja- oh, that is right. Jason is the band leader. We got to throw it to Jason for the commercial breaks because we hey. take commercial breaks. Uh, uh, okay. After the the intro music, we should be say- saying, you know, how about that, Jason? You everyone, and then everybody applauds. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I like it. That's good. Okay. All right. Uh, East. I almost said East Death Mountain because that's a part in Link to the Past that commonly gets referred to. Uh, this isn't Death well, Mountain. Well, it's not. This it's is not Death Hebrew Mountain. Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I went. I, there was a whole lot of stuff on the other side of the mountain, so I went and did that stuff. Uh, okay. The first thing I went to was the Hebra Head Springs. So last episode... I was all confuddled because the water in one of the lakes wasn't hurting me because I had remembered that the water up in Heber was supposed to hurt you because it was so cold. And the water coming out of the springs here does do that. Uh, Yes. It's like the water in the coldest part of the Great Plateau. Oh, I forgot that water hurts you. Yeah. So I'm not sure what is the deal with uh lake kilsey i think it's just not at high enough elevation uh, elevation i guess or it's just not flagged that way and but yeah this is Hebra the falls this is the the fresh spring water coming off the mountain kind of sort of <laughs> just kind of a a nod to realistic facts about water i don't know that many water facts all things considered for as much as I drink it, you think I'd know more about it. Well, you think as much um, as I'm composed of it, I would know more about it. I think you know more than you think. Probably. Okay. Uh, the the falls leads to a spring, which leads to another falls, which kind of takes and winds its way through like a crevice, um, and then it passes like underneath a big, like outcropping, and underneath it is like a cave. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hit the cave bell. Whoa. And inside of that is a shrine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I ever went to the shrine the first time. Oh. This is, this is, we're getting into the areas where the last time I played the game, I didn't spend a significant amount of time. Were you burnt out on the game before you got to cold zone? Burnt out's not the word. It was just like I had kind of seen enough. Uh, it was kind of like okay i'm pretty full it was yeah it was like the idea of like being full after like a good meal interesting and it was like i'm full up i want to go just have my dessert began and then roll credits and feel pretty good about my time with the game that's yeah. ki- that was kind of the mindset uh this is lano ku shrine uh which is a freebie i guess because you have to swim through the frigid deadly water to get to it yeah so i swam over to it and then on the little island with the shrine are a bunch of, like, conveniently placed logs. Yeah. 
I tried to go back up and see if there were logs like further up, and I didn't see anything. But conceivably, were you there could... trees? There are trees though, so you could conceivably okay. like cut a tree down and write a log all the way down to the shrine. But also, they have logs here, and so I hopped on one, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going over that waterfall, definitely. <laughs> um, I think I got into this shrine without swimming and without using a log. I think I either climbed on the wall, like the ceiling. I could see that. Or I used cryonis I think to I, hop around. I was able to cryonis most of the way out without any difficulty. There's like... A couple areas where the wall gets real low, so you have to kind of, like, plot around it, and then I would just get impatient and jump in the water. Uh, All right. But I, I rode a log down the waterfall. That was fun. Uh, nearby, the next exciting thing was a guy named Pondo, mm-hmm. uh, who runs a bowling mini game, uh, where he will give you one of those snowballs that we love so much, <laughs> and he sets up a bunch of, I mean, they're just pins. I forget what he yeah. calls them, but they're just pins. And he gives you two shots. It's like one frame of bowling. Sure. One, Two shots to clear ten pins. Did you go inside Pondo's cabin? I did, but I didn't notice anything. Oh. What's in there that I missed? You didn't notice that he has the same um, music that Selmy has? I did not notice. I was too uh-huh. preoccupied thinking about those pins. You're thinking, gosh, it's interesting that there's bowling in this game. I better remember what the pins are called. Yeah. I managed to get a spare after trying a few times. Hmm. And I got 100 rupees for that. Uh, I kind of eventually figured out, like, a good spot to, like, send it down. It's all, like, lumpy. Sure. It, the, the train's very lumpy in a way that you have to kind of figure out a good approach. It's no wee bowling. Let's be clear. <laughs> Um, but I think that if you knew the right setup to do it every time, if you get a strike, you get 300 rupees and it's pretty quick turnaround. Huh? So I bet that if you were really consistent, this is not a bad way to make a bunch of money. Cool. I don't think that's the way people make money in this game, but I think that's the way you could go. Sure. Uh, not that I need that much money anymore. I pretty much have most of the money I'm going to need for the game. I think. I think. Uh, do you? Can you tell us how much money you have? I forget. Uh, I have like a hundred less of whatever the last fairy fountain costs. Oh, okay. Is I, that what you're you're saving up for? Yeah, I know that's the last like big expense in the game, and so, or I think it's the last big expense in the game, and so I think I'm pretty close to having all the money I would need. But we'll see. I don't know. Okay. There are still aspects of this game that surprise me, and we're definitely in the parts that are beyond my like most credible memory. All right, all right. Let's see if we can spook you. That's I need to be spooked, honestly. Uh, then I went to Snowfield Stable. Sure, a stable out on the snow. Another stable that's kind of like, um. I think we said that, like, Seren's stable seems like it could only exist because um, it's on the way to between two other more important locations. Yeah. This and... trio of stables is just weird. Um, <laughs> because, like, my thought was that Seren's stable would be your connection to this stable, but this stable also has no reason to exist. 
so it's like, I guess when you get down to it, this whole corner of the map should be uninhabited. Well, um, I mean, except... the Rito live there, right? Sure. Like, if this were a different kind of game, you might expect to see, like, satellite settlements for more of the other fantasy races. Sure. So, like, maybe there would be a little Rito stable. I guess they wouldn't have a stable. A Rito, like, rookery. Cool idea. Um, it would make sense. I, I mean, we can say that, like, if the humans need to, if there are humans whose job is catching monsters or monsters, catching animals for their fur, um, who need to go up into the snowy wilderness for, like, trade for lifehood, livelihood purposes, uh, then it makes sense for this stable to be here. And then it makes sense for Seren's stable to be there and right. everything falls into place. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like they wanted to really create that network and just put stables yeah. wherever they possibly could. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know, that's interesting. Nothing really exciting happening here. There's a lady named Wanel. Uh, who is trying to write an article about stall horses. That's a good reason for a human character to be out here as well. And There's trapping, and there's articles about skeletons. That's right. She wants you to get a picture of one. She says, or some notes, which is really funny idea of yes. Link, like, scribbling down a bunch of notes. <laughs> I bet Link has really sloppy handwriting. Uh... It's interesting you should say that. How come? Oh, you'll see. Okay, that's interesting. I, I don't know what he's referring to. That's great. Uh, she mentions that there's some style horses nearby, so I was like, okay, put that in my back pocket. Uh, Rin Oya Shrine is here. Uh, it's got a thing called Directing the Wind, uh, which is basically the same puzzle as that red giveaway from the previous episode. Yes, like really, really similar. It's basically the same in a way that I'm like, oh, they just, okay. And like, we talked about this in the Death Mountain area too, right? That you have shrines themed after their, lo their you know, their area. Kind of, yeah. The fire shrines over there and the wind shrines over here. Uh -huh. uh, but then <laughs> that means that if you have similar ideas they end up being right next to each other in kind of a... Uh, <laughs> it makes you look lazier than you really are, maybe. Yeah. And you gotta wonder, you know, was that the, this person designed two similar ones, or was it two different designers came up with the same idea, and the mysterious developer that was in charge of putting things in places got... had a weird mind about it? Anything could have happened. Someday we'll get those leaked documents, the emails of people working on this game. Like the uh, the leaked uh, Barkley 2 source dump has all the notes about everything that will be in the game. It'll be just like that, where it's every conversation. The Barkley 2 source dump doesn't have every single conversation, but I was imagining it might when I downloaded the Barkley 2 source dump. Hey, listeners... You can just turn off the podcast. I'm going to say the words Barkley 2 source dump a few more times. Anyway, this uh, shrine in the context of the previous episode is boring. Yeah, agreed. 
but there's more exciting stuff nearby. Uh, over at Kopiki Drifts, there's another door in a cliff wall. Uh, this one is way smaller in a way that's kind of funny. Hmm. Uh, and there's another unintuitive round of dropping snowballs down a hill to open it. Sure. It took me some time to figure out that you have to go like really high up the hill where there's just a bunch of snowballs. Yes, yes. Because there's like snowballs right next to it. And I would like grab one and go like halfway up the hill and drop it, but it wouldn't have enough momentum. Oh. It was kind of a miserable experience for a bit. They were trying to give you a hint, but you interpreted the hint wrong. I think their hint was bad. Yes. You get to the top of the hill, there's a whole bunch. You have to kind of throw it down different directions and stuff and eventually one of them connected and i have no idea which one it's like there there are a bunch of different uh furrows for you to throw a uh, ball into and what what is game is like this plinko kind of yeah where it's like the the outcome where the snowball lands is deterministic based on which furrow you put it in and so it's a matter of either guessing a bunch of times or like mapping the whole place out and doing like the math of where yeah. it will end up. Yeah. Um, but like the when I watched the video of it, the Zelda dungeon person just picks up a snowball and puts it into exactly the right furrow and it goes exactly where it's supposed to go. Yep. I imagine that's how that works. Uh, you knock the door completely down, which is very funny. Hmm. Again, a much well, less... such a big snowball. Well, like, previously you knocked the doors open, right? Right, right. And yeah. it, like, opened these massive stone doors into a massive cavern. This time you just knock over, like, a door as if it was just, like, one solid piece. Mm-hmm. And then behind it, instead of a massive cavern with a leviathan, is just a shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is in here? This is G Hurrah Shrine. Uh, it has a puzzle called Tandem, which is kind of nice. Uh, yes, it's a it, it uses the huge pressure switches. Yeah, those that are need good. to be hit with a giant stone ball, and I like those a lot. And like the apex part, like it's like a three part puzzle where it's like here's right. the here's the, here's like the Here's the introduction. The, setup, the variation. Here's the variation. And the and synthesis. Exactly. And so you have to, for the final part, instead of just cutting a rope to make a thing drop, you have to stasis a ball, cut two ropes simultaneously so that it drops evenly. This is not coming through with me explaining well, the words Well, the name well. of the puzzle is tandem. Yeah. And tandem means both things at once together at the same time right the thing is the word tandem is so funny because we use it that way because of tandem bicycles oh okay. but tandem bicycles are named that because you have one person after another oh and so for a while tandem meant you know in sequence not in parallel hmm. um but before that Apparently, this is the etymology that Wiktionary gives. I oh, no. don't have any um, confirmation for this, but cute if true, 
always be skeptical of etymologies listeners every single etymology ever never believe them but if this one is true it's cute um tandem in latin means at length like over a long period of time and so the originally it was horses in the same way that a tandem bicycle is one horse after another which isn't usually how you set up horses to draw something right Mm -hmm. usually you have them in parallel but in serial they're like at length and so apparently someone does like a latin pun and calls them tandem because they are at length with one another now that i'm saying it i'm like how could that possibly have caught on that's so stupid was it like a brand name gosh that would make a lot more sense but like maybe not maybe like a precursor to a brand name you know what i mean where things were like before you could trademark a word in that kind of way guys tandem set up your horses in tandem Tandem means at length. So, you know, have one horse right behind another horse. This will be on the exam. Let's see. What else is going on on this side? Uh, Oh, there's a big cool area called Paquita Stone Grove. Oh, yeah. That's like a bunch of massive stone pillars that kind of create a cave-ish sort of thing. It's a very cave-like, definitely. Um they seem like frozen mushrooms to me, if that makes any sense. Sure. I'm pretty sure they're just stone pillars, but I know what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good area. It's it's neat to have, you know, something that's like a cave. Uh, because of the pillars and, like, the cover, uh, it's a good place for being ambushed by icy lizzlefos. Yep. Yep. They don't scare me at all because you can hit them with a fire arrow and they go kaput. But also, I've burnt through, like, 100 fire arrows in the mountains here. Sure. Uh, I still have plenty, but I've used a lot of them. A lot more than other arrows in other regions, I've noticed. Mm. They're just useful around here. Were you using ice arrows to kill every fire thing on Death Mountain? Not really. I mean, I must have to some extent, but I still have a ton of ice arrows, so maybe to a lesser extent. I definitely got a lot of use out of thunder arrows for a while. Anytime you're, like, around watery enemies. Yeah, sure. I learned that trick after I got zapped by one like that. So, (laughs) you know, the game teaches. Yeah. Uh, Deep inside the stone grove is Rock Uwag Shrine, uh, which is called the Power of Reach. I didn't understand what this one was trying to get me to do. And this is another one where looking at Zelda Dungeon's video walkthrough, I'm like, oh, that's what they mean. So it's like, it's kind of a, if you, if you don't know what the supposed trick is, it's kind of just a grab bag dungeon adventure or little thing. Yeah. It like because opens Because you with... like have to burn through a wall. Yeah. And then you have to fight a monster. And then you have this puzzle where there is a switch on the other side of a, a gate. Yes. A wall. And there are barrels weighing down the switch. Yeah. And you need to get the door will open when the switch is not depressed. Correct. And you used uh, bomb arrows. I just shot a bomb arrow at the barrels to get rid of the barrels. It was easy. Sure. 
I'm pretty sure I used like fire arrows. The same idea, to, like, yeah. Slowly burn the barrels away. Sure. Uh, but the video walkthrough, you see, at the very beginning of the um, dungeon, there is a chest with a uh, uh, what is the the spear that is a drill shaft. It's called. I a think. Drill shaft. I think it's called the drill shaft. They so they give you one of those right away, but it feels like just like dungeon loot or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this uh, video uses that to strike the barrels through the bars. Oh, it reaches far enough? It's the power of reach. Oh, does the drill shaft reach further than other polearm weapons? I'm not sure. I still have that in my inventory. I should try that out. Well, and like both the guardian, little mini guardians that you fight on the way there are carrying spears. Oh, okay. Um, but like, for one thing, I feel like anyone who is like a skilled or experienced player of video games should not expect the weapon to go through the bars, right? Uh, I mean, it makes, I, I, I get, I get, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else this game is done with bars. And I feel like a lot of the stuff the game has done with bars is like using magnesis through bars or shooting arrows through bars. Like, especially in like Defined Beast, I've definitely had to shoot arrows through bars before. Um, so that's true, but I feel like weapons are not supposed to go through Like, I just expect them to be opaque to weapons and permeable to arrows or magic i mean i don't expect it to not work in that way i just definitely reached for other conclusions way before i would have come to the conclusion of hit it with a spear is kind of where my head's at on that exactly exactly i i think i in retrospect it's cool that like it's a it's a trick that you don't really have anywhere else to go through the bars with your weapon but because um other things are spring more readily to mind and probably make more sense um it it, i'm not i'm not crazy about this trick i think the game doesn't do enough with the different weapon types maybe because you have the three weapon types you got one-handed two-handed and you got spears and as far as i can tell i don't really see a reason why you wouldn't just always use one-handed given the choice uh, no, you're right. Two-handed weapons always feel like they they take so long to fight with. Yes. Um, especially in Master Mode, where every second that you're not dealing damage is a second that the timer on the enemy's regeneration is ticking down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't land another hit soon enough, then it will regenerate. And so you need to be slash, 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 slash all the time. Um, and so two-handed weapons are not worth it. The upside of the two-handed weapons is like the holding it down to do the spin. Sure, sure. But that's only so useful because it only lasts as long as your stamina lasts. Whereas with a one-handed weapon, you're just constantly hit, hit, hitting. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. And the, the charge attack with the spear really hampers your mobility yeah and i feel like the the damage tops out on the spears too quickly like the royal spear doesn't do nearly as much damage as like the royal sword or whatever but maybe that's just the weapons i've been finding not sure um 
I'm not really qualified, I guess, to... Yeah, me neither. I should probably look at some of that stuff. But yeah, it definitely feels like when I'm, like, choosing a weapon, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll take the big... The, the, the edge of duality, but I'd really just like another good short sword. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Like, what's, the, what's the fourth weapon type they're going to add? What do we got going, coming our way? Uh, guns. Yeah. Probably. Link with a gun. I guess he kind of has that in the Breath of the Wild 2 preview we saw where he has a flamethrower on his arm that's on his shield uh, i'm telling you i that's, think it's on his arm i think that he has an arm cannon i think that's a shield slot item mega man and samus oh he's Link joining the club in metroid that's how much they had they had to get metroid Dread out first because that's how metroid Dread ends <laughs> is that <laughs> she opens the the alien egg and Link comes out and he's like, where am I? Then he talks and everybody hates it. He he talks, but he, he talks like that. Where am I? <laughs> hey, Samus. I'm sure glad you're here. I'd be real scared on this planet if I didn't have a swell gal like you to keep me safe. I know I can trust you on account of we fought together in the Smash Bros. Wars. Have you seen your friend Zero Suit Samus? <laughs> you know, you could do a whole thing where Link sees Samus and asks where Zero Suit Samus is. Then later on in the gunship, he's like, oh, Zero Suit Samus. It's so <laughs> nice. I'm glad you're here. I was just talking to Samus about you. And Samus is mute, so she can't explain and that joke lasts the entire game, and I I think this is this is going to be a good game. Samus could be Metroid pa- Prime Four. Samus could be a Paper Mario protagonist because she is silent. Um, yeah, Paper Metroid would make sense. Paper Metroid. I was thought Paper Kirby is like a shoe in that they will never do, even though that would be amazing. Um, Kirby in like an RPG context where people are like talking and giving quests. That sounds great. Have they not done that? No. Are we sure that, like, Amazing Mirror wasn't that? Because I haven't played that yet. Amazing Mirror is... Okay, we're going to get on a tangent about Amazing Mirror for a second. Amazing Mirror is nuts. That game is, like, insane. Is it a Metroidvania? It's a weird Metroidvania because it's a Metroidvania that doesn't have... You can't say on the podcast. Whatever, you can delete... you You can bleep me out, it's fine. Okay. It's... It's... It's a Kirby game doing a Metroidvania as much as it possibly can without conceding any of the Kirby like, like. So like, if you need sword to get through a wall, then you need to go get sword. Yes. But then you can't get hit on your way to the wall. That's correct. If you get hit, you will lose sword. Yeah. That's correct, and that's how the progression of the game is. You have to like traverse insane lengths of area, like I don't taking play this so much like the correct item to bring it back over there and also you have like doppelganger kirby's that are like on your side that are useless um i'm led to understand that you can like tell them to go to places yeah but i could never figure out how to do anything with that huh it's a bizarre game it's super interesting and like it has a map that's functionally useless yeah it's got this completely useless tell me more it's it's such a weird game I, I think it's good, but I did not finish it. It's weird. Also, Master Hand is there. 
also of course that's got dark metanite which is great dark i don't know metanite. i don't i don't really have i kind of ran out of stuff to talk about here but it's it's that game's weird it sounds like quite the amazing mirror i guess man what are we talking about where are we who are you um yeah paper kirby is a good idea or you know like i i think a fully 2d like metroidvania with rpg elements for kirby they gotta do something new with kirby kirby's kind of stagnated a little bit imo he's so angry all the time he's not angry anymore he hasn't been angry since like the last time he's been angry he hasn't been angry in a while it's fine okay maybe when he swallows an angry person um shagema shrine is the next one you did it's just out in the middle of a field and there is a lionel in that field i just went around him i'm avoiding lionels at this point yeah i'm a coward it's fine it's i'm not a coward i just value my time (laughs) uh yeah it's just out there in a field i don't know why but it's just there it's weird from, like, as soon as you get onto this big snow plain east of Heber Mountain, you can just see, like, a bunch of shrines immediately. Yes. You can see the one Because they off... glow. Yeah. And this is the first place in a while I've really, like, hunkered down and, like, seen a bunch of shrines in places. I wanted to talk about, actually, how um, the general Hebra area is interesting because the snow limits the visibility so much. It really does. And so where the rest of the game is about uh, always being able to see these long distances and then like saying, well, I'll get to a high point and then I'll glide down there and then I'll do this here. There's not so much of that because a bunch of the time, at least you can't see over to the next thing. But the lighting on the shrines is such that it shines through anything you can see it from however far away in any distance. And so it kind of works against <laughs> the interesting quality of the snow, I guess. I mean, it's good. It's like provides you with like, you know, beacon points. Yeah. It's it's good in that way. It's, it's fun to see that mechanic become relevant again, because I really feel like for the last long while, I haven't been using that to find shrines at all. Oh. Partially because I know where a lot of the shrines are, but mm-hmm. partially just because a lot of them aren't just plainly visible. Sure, yeah. They're all hi- hiding inside caves. Or side quests. Yeah. Uh, What's in the shrine? This was... I have to say the shrine name. You said yeah, the shrine it. name. I don't care, you can say it. Shah Gemma Shrine. Shift and lock. This one, it's got, like, the... The Lego pillar thing. Shift and lock. Where there are like sliding blocks on a pillar and they're like squishing a chest. So you have to magnesis the thing up really high and then stasis either it or like a moving platform underneath it to keep it suspended long enough to get that chest. Shift and lock. Lock is the name of some characters like in Nightmare Before Christmas and Final Lost. Fantasy VI. But um, is there a character named Shift? I guarantee there's a character named Shift somewhere. There could be. It could be one of the cave story robots. Maybe a different Final Fantasy. Yeah. 
But like shift and lock, doesn't that sound like a couple of video game characters? They sound like minions for some bigger bad. Yeah, definitely. Groose's minions are named shift and lock. You know what? I'm going to say that lock is short for caps lock. Shift and caps lock. That's good. That's, That's cute. Good. Oh, I like yeah. that. Um, I'm deleting this from the podcast so I can use it myself somewhere. Okay, good. I'm glad. But I'm writing it down secretly. Uh, okay, I went to the North Lome Labyrinth. This was kind of the most thing I was most excited about. Yeah, me too. Uh, up around, like, the the there's like a mountain. This mountain has a name, probably Mount Drenna. On the other side of Mount Drenna is a cool little badland, like islet islet, <laughs> uh, where it's like surrounded in impassable canyon because we're at that edge of the map yep yep and uh in that is a big old labyrinth surrounding the labyrinth are a bunch of stall horses or a bunch of uh bokoblin skeletons riding stall horses oh yeah yeah so i snapped up a picture of that real quick pretty good uh and then there's one of them labyrinths there one of those lome labyrinths or no yeah part of what i like about this labyrinth okay is that you you see it when you come around this mountain. Yes. And so it gets to, like, tower above you, whereas your uh, labyrinth up uh, labyrinth island, you're going to see from above. So you basically see a map of it before you go there. Um, and same with the Gerudo labyrinth. I feel like you're probably going to see it from above, first of all. And so they start out looking small and not very impressive they get to be impressive when you enter them but uh this labyrinth if you see it the way i did Mm -hmm. um it's like like you you turn a corner and there is this monstrous fortress ahead of you yeah um it definitely is a cool little area that i wish i was more impressed by the labyrinth though i i found this labyrinth lacking i don't remember this labyrinth at all um it's very similar to the previous one uh it's a lot more linear and there's no guardians i didn't run into a single guardian in this labyrinth i was a little dismayed i think you're gonna be dismayed in the gerudo labyrinth too i have no memory of that one so that's fine uh it's it's a more linear one uh you've got a bunch of malice blocking paths and so you kind of have to you know weave your way around yeah not a lot of loot, not a lot of enemies, not a lot of hidden areas. That's so strange when you say that because um, there, I feel like there's a ton of enemies. There's so many Lizalfos that it's like irritating. Maybe on um, Master Mode, but I did not run into that many Lizalfos. Like, there was like one area of some Lizalfos. Well, did you explore all of this labyrinth? Yeah. Jeez, okay. Because you have to. You have to go all the way around to get to where the Malice Eye is. Well, the way I always, <laughs> um, or like my my very vivid memory of this uh, labyrinth is how there is Malice that's blocking one of the uh, paths that's like one of the first turnoffs. Yeah. And if you climb the wall in the right way, um then you can see the malice eye 
pretty fast. I believe it. It's a really and big malice eye. It's a really big malice eye, but it's like right where it's so close to the entrance. Yeah. That you only have to cheat a little bit. <laughs> and uh, then you are golden. You get to skip the whole thing. Uh, so I was being honorable gamer and I did not try and cheat this labyrinth. Cool. Uh, and ultimately, I'm going to note that on your character sheet so that you get credit for honor. I appreciate it. Uh, I was, I don't know, I was kind of unimpressed. The one cool thing is that you have to, once you clear the malice, you have to kind of find the way into the shrine. Yeah, yeah. And that involves a lot of running around and finding the area. And then you find it, and I'm like, that was probably accessible all along, actually. Maybe, actually. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing. But this one was not as good as the Island Labyrinth. I'm just gonna... No, it's it's definitely not as good as the Island Labyrinth, but I think it's, it's pretty good uh, on its own. I kind of... For such a cool like location like we we're talking about, I kind of wish it was a little bit more. I don't know. If this game had Gibdos, then there should have been Gibdos in this labyrinth. There should be Gibdos in this game. We got we got a whole other game coming our way. I bet the like I bet that game will have Gibdos. I bet it will have one enemy type that Breath of the Wild doesn't have. Well, what's the kind that? What's the I guess it's some kind of undead unit, right? Like a Gibdos or a Redead or... I don't think that's a given. I think there there's so much that Breath of the Wild doesn't use for enemies that the thing that they add could be anything. There's got to be like some obvious thing here. Like Tektites. Why were tektites? Are there iron knuckles in this game? No. No, there's no iron knuckles. There's no Tektites. Are there Dodongos in this game? No. Is this a Zelda game? What's going on? Well, they had to fit Lynels in the game. Yeah, are you telling me Dig Dogger isn't in this game? Dig Dogger's not in this game. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you love Dig Dogger so much. I have no words. Wait, no. Dig Dogger. Hang on. Dig Dogger is in this game. Oh, right. It's a bridge. It's a bridge. And you know where I'm going next? <laughs> To Dig I'm, Dogger Bridge? I'm going to Dig Dogger Bridge. 